You are listening to the Sound and Faith Podcast, coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in beautiful, lovely, warm Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. And your mic is not on, Mike Johnson. There we go. Try that again. I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's not a perfect system. I, I multitask. I try my best to multitask, but sometimes I miss things, and I didn't turn you on I, you with, the, well. with the mic there. Uh, our aim with this podcast, friends, is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship and anyone who's listening to believe sound doctrine and to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It is unseasonably warm here in in Sioux Falls. I'm not complaining. 63 is the height. I know. I ran in shorts this morning. Whoa. And... Uh, I don't think we have too many of those days left. Hmm. Hey, I heard a good joke the other day. Um, so there was this Baptist pastor who uh, was in a shipwreck and ended up on a deserted island by himself and uh, was there for like three or four years. And then along comes this ship, and they he's like, I'm rescued, I'm rescued. And, the, and one of the guys from the ships that that was ship that was there that was rescuing him went to the shore and is like, yeah, we, we found you. We're really glad you're alive. And he said, uh, I noticed you have three buildings here uh, on your uh, island, and can you tell me what these are? And the Baptist minister goes, yeah, yeah. So the first one here is, is my house. That's where I live. And uh, the guy's like, oh, okay, what, well, what's the second building? He's like, well, that's the church. That's where I worship. And uh, he says, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, what's the third building? He's like, well, that's the church I used to go to, but we had a split. Oh, that's hilarious. That's wild. <laughs> We had a split. We had a split. Wow. Yeah. So why a Baptist joke today? Well, we are going to be talking about uh, why are we Baptists? Oh, that's such a good topic. It is. And, you know, on the surface, it may seem a little, you know, like, what? Why are we talking about this? But, you know, it's important. We're Faith Baptist Fellowship. We identify ourselves as a Baptist church. And and why do we do that? I think that's important to delve into. I love Uh, it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. So. Um, you know, first, I, I want us to ask the question about denominations as a whole, and, and maybe this is going to need some, you know, definitions or just kind of some explanation, sure. but, you know, why are there, Mike, why are there different denominations? Why are there Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, non-denom- non-denominational, which is kind of like a denomination, yeah. Pentecostal, you know, do, do, does denominationalism or do nom- denominations lead to... Uh, unity or disunity. Well, so I, I loved how you just um, you just slipped in there denominationalism, yeah, and denominations, right? And and I think you know one one is about disunity, and the other one isn't necessarily about disunity. So denominationalism can be, you know, like this pride in being different or whatever, and not really reaching across the aisle to others, you know. Um, but denominations aren't necessarily disunity. Denominations, they're denominations of the whole. They're denominations of the church. And and the reason, at the end of the day, is because of most of the time it stemmed from a disagreement on, yeah. on a doctrinal issue that was important enough uh, to the people who were wrestling with those things that they decided that they would have greater unity uh, by worshiping separately. Right. Um, so, like, for example, baptism, <laughs> since yeah, yeah. we're talking about baptism. You know, uh, believing that baptism is by immersion, and that it's uh, that it is um, it's an ordinance that we practice based on somebody's confession of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, not not based on um, some creedal connection or some um, confessional covenant connection, 
but um, alone, but because of their their trust in Jesus. Well, that you know that that could create endless debate among people who are right, trying to right. you, you know what I mean, and endless disunity. But um, Presbyterians and Baptists um, can shake hands, extend the right hand of fellowship on so many wonderful truths that we agree on all the most important ones. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Bible believing <laughs> Presbyterians. Um, but there's an issue, and so denominations help us to have unity, even though we don't fellowship in the same room. Right. So, so we we by all means affirm that any professing believer in Christ who who believes in justification by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, uh, the you know the Trinity, the the core doctrines of the gospel, we would affirm. That anyone who believes those things is a brother and sister Amen. in Christ. Yes, and we're going to spend eternity with them, right. unified. Right. Yeah. Um, but here and now, we we find ourselves with some of these brothers and sisters having disagreements on important but secondary matters, and the denominations uh, aren't inherently bad in that we recognize that there are distinctions. Uh, if, like you mentioned, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, there's others out there. You know, there are those within those denominations that confess and believe the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. We embrace them as brothers and sisters, but we recognize that there would be uh, disagreements over some of these secondary biblical matters. And acknowledging that allows us to know where we stand so that we can find common ground. Uh, with with them, with which you know we can yep, engage, yep. Um, but at the same time, not try to minimize those things we find to be important. Right, honest disagreement. Right, I mean, you know they're they're real, they're legitimate, and we need to you know acknowledge them. Now there are some um, denominations we won't name them or go into that today because that's not really the point of this podcast. But there are some where the differences are or the 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 departures are are, are closer to the core. Right, you know, yeah. uh, When it comes to the gospel. And certainly, there'd be less unity, you know, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the closer we get to the gospel when the departure's there, uh, the less y- unified we can be, you know, yeah. because what unifies us, it's, it's, it's the gospel, it's what Christ has done on the cross for us. Yeah. Uh, so, all, all, good, all good stuff to highlight yep. there, and I think that's important as we get into, you know, why we're Baptists. Yes. Um, let, let's... Let's dive into a little bit, you know, some of these other denominations. And let's take, for instance, we mentioned Presbyterians. And what we're talking about here, I think what we need to, to focus in on here is when we're talking about other denominations now, um, like you mentioned, there are those that have departed from the gospel, and then there are those that are different from us on some secondary matters, but we consider them brothers and sisters in sure. Christ. So we've laid the groundwork there. So let, let's maybe mention, you know, how do we as Baptists differ from... Presbyterian, Reformed, yeah. Anglican, um, you know, others out there. One of the difficulties in answering that straight up is that those, you're, we're painting with really broad strokes. Yeah. You know, even Baptist, you know, um, there's uh, Baptist as a, as a broad stroke. There are Baptists who love the Bible and um, adhere to the sufficiency of Scripture and um, all of those things, and then there are those who, who would still claim Baptist as their... Yeah, you know, moniker, but they're not they're they're not confessing, you know, the same gospel. Right. You know? So right. broad strokes with Presbyterians, with the others that you mentioned. Um, so one big did not one big difference is uh, is baptism. Uh, what we believe about baptism. Another one is often polity. 
mm-hmm. uh, how we function as a church. Like, there's no hierarchy in Baptist churches. You know, we don't have a we don't have a bishop over a, a district of churches and those kind of things. Uh, churches are autonomous. Um, that's a big difference between a lot of denominations and Baptists. We believe in the autonomy of the mm-hmm. local church. Um, and lots of other differences, but maybe you can. Yeah, uh, and you uh, mentioned those: the polity, the church government, how yeah. the how the church is structured. We're similar. Uh, we're similar to Presbyterians uh, in that, like an elder-led polity right. is similar, but not not identical. There's di- big differences. Yeah, uh, kind of related to that is this um, this sense of. Uh, some call it soul freedom, freedom of conscience. It's the belief that, or the priesthood of all believers, which was a which was a, a tenet of the reform Reformation, um, that we believe that there there is no hierarchical. High, I can never say that word. Hierarchy. Hierarchy. Hierarchical uh, <laughs> uh, structure of priesthood. You know, priests that when we we come together as the people of God, all all of us as believers have that joy and that freedom of engaging with God's Word and, and learning from it. We, we don't have to have a priest that tells us right. what we should believe. Now, you as a minister and I as a minister and those that preach God's Word, we are called of God to preach His Word, uh, but we are not infallible. We don't, uh, as the as the Catholics uh, say, you know, speak ex cathedra when the Pope speaks. From, from the chair. From, the, from chair. the chair. Yeah. Uh, meaning he, you know, is speaking infallibly about something. We don't, we don't believe that. Um, so we we have that joy as the people of God when we come together to, like to all affirm of, the word. Along with that, the sense of authority for us is the Bible at right. the end of the day, and that's a that's a difference. Like our highest authority is the Scriptures, uh, and 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 any any minister can be corrected by the Bible. Like the Bible corrects us. You know, right. we, we we stand with our knee bowed to the to what. You know, to in obedience to Christ and His Word. Yeah, some of the others would be our our view of the ordinances. So we, you know, baptism and the Lord's Supper. You'll hear a lot of denominations call them sacraments, right? Um, which I I think there can be a biblically grounded way of referring to them as that. But Baptists tend to refer to them as ordinances. Uh, these are depictions of the gospel message that are ordained by Christ. So baptism, the Lord's Supper. Uh, we could get into that a little bit more later as we sure. move through today. The the baptism of believers only by immersion. Um, yeah, th- those are some of the Baptist right. distinctives that we have. Yeah. What are some of the distinctives you love most? Some of the distinctives I love most, I, I have um, come to love and appreciate congregationalism mm. within the Baptist Church. Amen. And, and what we mean by that is that ultimately the congregation as a whole uh, carries the the final authority, the final accountability. So we here at Faith, now we're a little bit different even as Baptists, in that I would say that today the majority of Baptist churches are not elder-led. No. Historically they were. And there's a growing movement right. among, say, yes. Southern Baptists, for example, for el- elder-led congregations. Right. Historically... Baptists were elder-led. Yes. Uh, in the history of Baptists, there was a move away from that. There's a move back towards it now. So we are elder-led here at faith, but ultimately the elders are also accountable to the congregation as a whole. Yes. Uh, and, and I don't think that means when we come together at our member meetings that we're fighting over light bulbs and right. carpet colors all the time, but uh, because there's a mutual trust there going on. But 
But, you know, ultimately, it's not as if the elders here at Faith could suddenly say, hey, we want to take the church in a completely different theological direction and could just do that. Right. Uh, because uh, this this beautiful uh, confession of faith that we hold dear here at Faith, what we believe is in, enshrined in our constitution, our church constitution, uh, that cannot be changed apart from the congregation voting yeah. on those things. And, th- and that's really good. So we're different from elder rule polities, like a lot of Presby- well, Presbyterianism, yeah. the Presbyterian <laughs> model of, of leadership, elder rule, we're elder-led. Yeah, and like you said, the majority of Baptist churches likely, I've not done any studies, or but just my colloquial like look around, the majority of uh, Baptist churches are pastor-led congregational churches. Mm-hmm. We are an elder-led um, congregational church, which I think is the very best polity. There. I do too. Like, it fosters yeah. unity. It fosters like it forces us to seek unity, and um, like as a church, uh, where we we can't ignore the will of of the congregation. You know, right. that's yeah. uh, those kind of things. It's, it's I, I find it to be really good. Yet it's not it, it it's not a um, it's it's not like the congregation is just trying to make all these decisions in a vacuum. They've got elders who are shepherding and leading, and you know, and it's just a wonderful way. And I believe it's very biblical. Yeah, and and the thing that I appreciate about appreciate about that is that you know I'm aware that I, as a pastor elder of this congregation, I've been called by the congregation with a, with a measure of leadership, but that doesn't necessarily it's not control, <laughs> you know. I, I can't just control things within the church, and I, I think that's that's good. That's what the picture of a shepherd in Scripture is supposed to be, one who shepherds the congregation, who leads the congregation in a in, in, with a servant leadership heart, as opposed to a, a dictator that comes in, you know, and, and just demands that we're going to change this, we're going to change this. I read in a good book, Don't Lord Over Them. Yeah, you exactly. Know, don't Lord Over yeah, Them. Yeah. So, yeah. What about no. you, Mike? Any distinctives that you love about the Baptist Church? Sure. Um, some of the ones you mentioned. Uh, also, I love the way that Baptists have traditionally viewed membership, mm. the serious nature that they take with membership. I've, I've grown over my years uh, as a Baptist. You know, I, I cut my teeth in a Baptist church. So I, I went to uh, a Baptist seminary, all of those things, but uh, I've grown in my understanding of membership, and I, I love that Baptists typically are very serious about membership. Uh, not always. Not always. Some, some uh, I, I know um, you could probably think of uh, an example of a church that has you know 800 members and 23 people who show up on Sundays. Yeah, and y- you know they never they never think about those 800. You know, um, but typically and maybe in growing measure, Baptist churches are pretty serious about membership, which is helpful. You know, trying to grow grow people in Christ uh, deep within the covenant of the church. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, um, I love the stance on baptism. Uh, you mentioned polity. I love that. Um, so many things I love about the Baptist. I, I love our rich heritage. You know, one of the things that we're kind of accused of um, uh, falsely is that we don't have a rich heritage. But the, the reality is, Baptists enjoy a yeah. deep, long <clears throat> tradition, and I love that. I love that. I love that we can go back and read about Baptists in centuries past. Yeah, I, I think that's you know, and and maybe maybe it's something that we can help our congregations know better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and that's kind of gotten lost along the way in in some spheres, but but we do we have a very rich history, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, there is no there are no shortages of Baptist jokes out there. Oh, I want to hear one. Um, well, 
Another one. Uh, yeah, some of them you have to be very careful with uh, because there are some that are quite unkind oh. and, and not yeah. not worthy to be repeated. Uh, you know, you you may have heard uh, little phrases along the way. Uh, you know, I I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't go with girls that do. Yes, it's kind of a, a Baptist creed yep. that gets recited. Um, you know, what are what are some of the the stereotypes sure. out there about Baptists? Because yeah, we've been the brunt of many jokes uh, yeah. along the way over the centuries. So, you know, as with any stereotype, there's probably there's probably something behind them. There's something there that caused people to start thinking this way, you know. But um, I think a lot of people think of Baptists as rigid fundamentalists, mm. meaning that they uh, impose a lot of extra-biblical rules on conduct and life. And, um, and, and again, there could be a kernel—I know that there are churches like that, you know, churches that, that have imposed a lot of rules on top of what the Scriptures teach— uh, not all of them do. I mean, it's a stereotype in the sense that we don't. You know, we we being Bible guys, we we want to um, obey the scriptures, right, and yeah. not add to them. You know, not add as if you can fight the flesh with rules. You know, we we know you can't do that. You, you yeah, know, we we know you need the spirit, and you need, so rigid fundamentalism is a is a big stereotype among Baptists. We're not. I mean. Fundamentalist in the way that I think most people would hear that word. Like, if you want to, if, if you want to call me a fundamentalist, I can actually own that term because I believe in the fundamentals of the right yeah. of the Word of God. You know, um, but the way that people think of fundamentalism today is that rigid, hateful, um, uh, or unkind um, legalism mm-hmm. that that seems to have. You know, um, there's there's some churches that have some, uh, have have used the the term Baptist in their in their title that have done that. Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, like I say, we we could go around and possibly even name names. We're not going to necessarily do that here because I don't think it's necessary to do. But, you know, there's a there's a kind of a crazy cultish Baptist church uh, in Kansas that goes around uh, picketing, screaming awful things at people. Uh, you know, they've got a horrible website, and, you know, they're, they've been in the news over the last decade or so. Uh, you know, that's that's one group that claims the name Baptist, and they kind of embody some of the worst of the worst of the worst stereotypes yes. of what a Baptist church is. Uh, and, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, the church—we uh, lived in Mississippi for a while, Jackson, Mississippi. There's a, a quote-unquote Baptist church there that if you were to go in there— uh, it is so far to the left, denying the oh, yeah. inerrancy of Scripture, progressive in, in all of its theology, yet it claims the name Baptist. And you, you've got to wonder, you know, this church kind of seems like it's nothing but a reaction to the worst stereotypes of what Baptists have been classified ad, as over the years. But in reality, historically, uh, Baptists have been some of the most well-grounded, winsome, theologically deep and sound people in the Christian Church, yes. uh, universal, you yes. know, and and so you know the, the some of the stereotypes, yeah, they they have this kernel of truth, perhaps because of some some fringes that are out there or movements that have developed yes. over the years, but but really the whole of of the Baptist Church over the years has been well grounded in Scripture, committed to the inerrancy of of, of the Bible. The contributions are huge. Yeah, they're huge. They're, they're huge. huge and we ought to all praise God for them, whether you're a Baptist or not. Yeah. Another stereotype, I think, is that Baptists argue a lot and fight a lot, and they're not very friendly with one another. And I love calling that a stereotype because it's not been my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have experienced that, um, you know, but again, we're painting with super broad strokes when we talk about Baptists, you right. know. But um, I, I could tell you this. We, we had our quarterly business meeting a few weeks ago, 
And what I, what I saw was just great unity yeah. and love. And we did big things. Like, big things happened in that meeting. Uh, we chose elders. We, I, mean, I mean, we affirmed elders, things like that. Um, but still, the unity was strong. Yeah, And very the kindness, strong. like, people felt free to ask questions, but they didn't ask them in accusatory manners. You know, I mean, it was just really good, you know? So that's a stereotype, too, that we're, we're always that way. There could be very loving, kind, very, very kind Baptists. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. should be, you know, if, if God's words had its way in our lives, we, we should be that way. So stereotype. Yeah, uh, and I would say, too, I'll just add this. I think any of those stereotypes you could say of Baptist, you could probably find a, a parallel to it in any other denomination. Sure. I'm sure there's stereotypes of Presbyterians and Reformed yeah. and Anglican, Methodist. You know, you go down the line, uh, there, there's, there, there's kind of this culture that develops around a, a certain denomination or theological movement that... You know, kind of, kind of lends itself to. I mean, we there are probably jokes out there about Baptist potlucks and you know things like that. You know, oh. the, <laughs> what, what, what? One of my favorite distinctives is casseroles. Ca- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's true, especially here in the Midwest. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, I, you know, I grew up in the South, and uh, I mean, so potlucks and and you know. That we called it dinner on the grounds. Yes, yeah, every dinner, fifth Sunday. Every fifth Sunday, dinner on Boom. the grounds around revival time. What you know. a great, what a great yeah. tradition. Yeah, uh, I, one more, and I won't, I won't dwell on this, but this, this is kind of another Baptist distinctive, but I think a great one is singing. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, a rich heritage of singing, congregations, congregations, right. Yeah. Uh, hymnody, uh, all of those things like that. Yeah. Very rich tradition. And, and contributions in those areas. <clears throat> yeah, very much so. You know, yeah. like uh, Baptists who have written hymns and, and things yeah. like that. So so good. Maybe you've heard this statement before, you know, when we come down to what Baptists believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no creed but the Bible. No creed but Christ. Right. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, sure. Lots, okay. Lots. So what what's interesting here is... When you say that, that's that's actually a creed that you're saying. Right. <laughs> when, you, when you say that, you're saying right. a creed. The, the creed uh, of no creed but the Bible. Right, right. yeah. Well, what's your take on that? Well, okay, so defining creed. Creed is like a summary of belief. Yeah. You know, that, that, it, that doesn't come necessarily like um, the, the language might not be the exact language of Scripture. Um, the, the, you know, the creedal confession could be putting in our own words what we believe from the Bible. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think... On the one hand, I think the reaction against um, creedalism, there's some warrant there. Like, if we get too creedalistic, we, we can get one step removed mm-hmm. from the scriptures. Yeah. So I think the pushback um, might have been healthy a little bit, you know? Let's make sure that we are studying the Bible, not the not just the creeds. But, of course, creeds are important, you know? Like, yeah. it's important to talk about what we believe, and to, and to systematize it is important, to summarize it is important. And those are what creeds are, you yeah. know? And thoughtful men coming together and saying, this is what we believe, I think is really good. Lots of the songs that we sing on Sunday yeah. are creedal. Like, they're not, they're not just, um, we're not merely singing <clears throat> Bible verses. You know, we do that, too. We sing a lot of Scripture, but we're often singing summaries of what we believe. We're singing summaries. You know, the three historic creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, uh, were... Uh, documents were, were were creeds that were used for centuries by Christians to confess their faith, to summarize what they believed about the Bible. 
what they believed about Christ. Now, over the years, yes, did those become rote ritual that many churches engage in? And still today, you could say that there are places where you where you go and people say it, and you wonder, is there really any heart in this that yes. they're saying? But but you can do that with the Lord's Prayer. You can do that with the Lord's Prayer. You can do Matthew that with any six, song. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the one of the creeds that we say here or we sing here at Faith, you know, on Christ the solid rock I stand, I all that. other ground is yeah. sinking sand. I mean, we're we're singing a creed is yeah. what we're doing. It's not one of the historic creeds that you know I just mentioned, but I love how Al Mohler puts it uh, in his book on on the Apostles' Creed, uh, which. Uh, I haven't read that. He wrote yeah. a book on the Apostles' Creed. <clears throat> he did, with a foreword by John MacArthur, and he mentions there, he's like, you know, when he, when he talks about the importance of these creeds and, and really encourages Baptists to look at them and, and get back to them as a way to just remind ourselves of the, the, the rich history of our Christian faith, that it dates back centuries to the time of Christ, and that there, there are Christians who confessed these things and died because of them. Um, when we say these things and we say them with a meaningful heart and we, we, we express them in a deep, profound way with sincerity, you know, he's like, it, this isn't, you know, the Apostles' Creed isn't all that a Christian believes, but it should be believed by every all Christian, Christians. all yeah. Christians, yeah, you know. That's really good. So it's not meant to be a comprehensive statement of faith, but something like the Apostles, the Nicene, the, the Athanasian Creed are great summaries of beliefs of truths of Scripture that Christians have held for centuries. Sure. I was having lunch with a prospective pastor, he's a new pastor, about to be a pastor, and we were talking about this, and, and he said, um, why don't we just read, the, like, it's not as if we can't just go read the Bible, why don't we just read the Bible? And I, I posed a question right back to him, what do you believe about the deity of Christ? Mm. And he gave me an answer. He gave yeah. me a, a good, solid, Bible-based <laughs> answer. And I said, but you didn't just quote scripture to me. You quoted scripture, but you also said things. Yeah. That's creedal. Like that's that that's you know, we're we're not all coming together and agreeing on it and you know, making it and writing it really well and thoughtfully like the the historic creeds. Mm. But anytime we do that, it's creedal. So so yeah, I don't think we need to say no creed but the Bible. Uh, we have a creed. We have we have things that we believe and we confess. We have a statement of faith that is published to our website. That's a summary. Yeah, yeah. You know, those are summary statements, and they're what we. They're, that's our creed. It's what we believe. Well, one of the one of the most well known uh, confessions of faith out there in historic Christianity and in Baptist history. Okay, uh, and if you're not familiar with this document, I encourage you to go look it up. You can you can find it on Google very easily. Just get on the web. Uh, but the 1689 London Baptist Confession of yep. Faith. Now, there was one that preceded it in 1641, 1640-something, uh, I'll just say that, uh, that was less comprehensive, but, uh, it, it, you know, Baptists came together and they said, we want to articulate what we believe about these doctrines of Scripture. Um, I love Do Dr. John Piper, he, on, on talking about these matters of, you know, the slogan, no creed but Christ and the importance of confessions, he says, you know, uh, I, I've got a quote here, it says, the slogan, no creed but the Bible, conceals the fact that in almost any group, crucial biblical statements will be properly understood by some and misunderstood by others. In such cases, it is naive to say that the Bible unites us it may not be uniting us at all. It may be a vague cloak for significant disunity, and that doesn't honor the scriptures. Yeah. So something 
that we decide not to talk about becomes the elephant in the room. Right. And there's significant disunity there that we just won't talk about, so it's cloaked by, yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a denomination out there that confesses that they believe the Bible and the Bible alone, but they deny the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to necessarily talk about this denomination, but they deny the Trinity. They, de- they deny uh, the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Where So we believe the Bible, they believe the Bible, at least they say they do, so we've got to articulate that. Right. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, you know, right. or however we articulate that, that's so important. Creeds are good. They, yeah. They're not our final authority. <clears throat> right. And I think we make that clear. Like, Baptists do not hold a creed up and say that this is, this is uh, on par with Scripture. We say that this is subject to the Scriptures, and it can be corrected. If, yeah. it's, if it's wrong, if it's not in line with the Scriptures, we reject it. Yeah, we reject. We hold everything under the light of Scripture, right. and that's got to be that's got to be what we do all yeah. the time. That's yeah. my all time favorite Baptist distinctive. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we do that with our songs here. Yes. We do that with uh, any anything we might read or or say together or confess in in our church gatherings. Uh, we hold it under the light of Scripture. Absolutely. Where do we want to go from here, Mike? Um, How about some heroes? Yeah. Do you have some Baptist heroes? You know, I I really do. Um, I mean, there are many, yeah. many. When I, when we say hero, I hope I hope people understand we're not idolizing these people. No, no, we're no. just saying these are people that these are men and women that were used just in a profound way by God uh, to, to to further the cause of the gospel. William Carey, sure, wow. Uh, in you know, at being someone who uh, served in missions, the and father a, of the modern missionary right. movement yeah. was a Baptist. Yeah, let that let that sink it. <clears throat> yeah, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, um, just a uh, a deep, rich history there, and, and we don't have to give a full biography of all these men yeah. that we're talking about. But but William Carey, yeah, right yeah. in line with him, Adoniram Judson. Yeah, you know he was uh, he was uh, a little younger than Carey, but uh, also um, awesome Baptist. He yeah. he he became a Baptist um, because he was on a ship sailing towards the mission field. <laughs> he was a Congregationalist as right, it started yeah. out. But he he studied baptism and what Baptist baptism baptism means, and he became a Baptist. He actually he actually had to give up his support uh, and all of that, mm. and everything changed for him in, in that stance of becoming a Baptist. Yeah, and along with that, Luther Rice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, lots. My my favorite is Spurgeon, like one of my favorites. Oh yeah, you know I he he was a Baptist, um, famous Baptist preacher. Then there's John the Baptist, Paul Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. right up there. I mean, it, it was John the Baptist. Yeah, John the Baptist. It's in his name. <laughs> you know, um, I I love how a lot of my uh, Presbyterian brothers uh, that I spent many years with um, will refer to him as John the Baptizer. Yeah. Uh, so as to avoid any kind of confusion there. Right. Uh, there's many others we could mention. There was unless they uh, use the words of scripture. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, uh, uh, you know, uh, John Gill, uh, yes, who yes. was. He was the pastor basically two generations at the Metro... He was two generations before Spurgeon at the Metropolitan Tabernacle right. uh, in London, but uh, wrote a profoundly long yeah. <laughs> Bible commentary. Which is still worth reading. Still worth reading, still a great resource. Uh, John Bunyan, yeah. uh, Pilgrim's yeah. Progress. Yeah. Um, Some of my favorite books. Yeah, my favorite absolutely. Book. So we, we do have a rich history. We do, and that's do. I think that's lost on a lot of people. A lot of people feel like... Um, you know, Anglicans have a rich history, or yes. 
or you know other de- you know denominations have a, a rich and storied history. Baptists have a rich history, yeah. and we ought to rejoice in that. Mm. It is the grace of God. You yeah, know? that comes right. I mean, all the way back, right? But then sh- we could draw a straight line to the Reformation. You know, with with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Anywhere else we want to go with this? I mean, we've we've kind of hit the basics. You know, we are a Faith Baptist Fellowship, and I think it's important that we know here at Faith why you know we we don't we don't hate our brothers and sisters no. down the street. We no. don't disparage them. We can uh, even do things together. Yeah, we, you know, can, we can even do like there, there's a, a a measured unity that we can have depending on the level of agreement. Yeah, that we have around the scriptures that we have with other churches that are not Baptist. I love every year when we go up to the Bethlehem Conference. Yes. Uh, you know, I always run into some of our Presbyterian and Reformed brothers up there. Wow. Uh, you know, they, they come, they go to that, and, you know, uh, other associations and gatherings like the Gospel Coalition, Together for the Gospel was a yeah. good picture of that. You, you had a Baptist, a Presbyterian, uh, Sovereign Grace, a charismatic Calvinist, whatever you want to call him. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, but they found unity in the gospel, and uh, I think we still have that spirit of unity. But it's important to say, hey, you know, this is where we are. This is what we believe about the Bible, and these are our convictions, yep. and we hold them dear. You don't have to be ashamed to be, call yourself a Baptist. No. It's a great thing. Yeah. So I, I, um, I'm, I'm very thankful that I'm a Baptist pastor. Yes, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, we're going to jump into some questions here from our listeners. Ben Jones. Ben Jones writes, What do you two think of the recent show, The Chosen? And its depiction of the Gospels. It streams on Apple, and the next season it's coming to theaters. Have you seen The Chosen? Sadly, I have not. Okay. A lot of people told me I should, um, but I just never did. Have you? I have seen one clip. I saw the clip where it depicts Jesus feeding the 5,000. Why is that? Why haven't we watched that, Thomas? Okay, I'll give you my personal reasons. Um, for one, I don't, I don't have time. <laughs> I just, it, there, there are other things I'm, I'm, if I have any spare time that I'm already interested in. Did you watch The time. Crown? No, I'm just, I'll, no. Pull, I'll pull it back. <laughs> I'm a Downton Abbey guy. <laughs> okay. No, um, uh, you know, I, I will share my personal convictions, and, and I hope I am not disparaging, you know, or saying casting aspersions on anyone else who has watched this show. I, I hope that. Um, I don't necessarily think or ascribe to that any artistic depiction of the person of Jesus Christ is necessarily sinful or a violation of the second commandment. I know some of the Reformed brothers do. And I respect their position. I, I don't ascribe subscribe to that position necessarily. So you can have a nativity play. Yes, I, I think that. I We have a children's storybook Bible that yeah. has depictions. We make it clear to our children, we don't know what Jesus looked like. Mm-hmm. We, we we don't know what he, you know, looked like exactly. Uh, we, we do know he was a, you know, a Jew. <laughs> you know, from, my, my, my son uh, noted this morning, we read John yeah. chapter 4, and he said, hey, the Samaritan woman recognized him as a Jew. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. so I think there were features that were, you know, we can surmise about him, but we don't know who he looked like. Right. And I and I think you can have depictions within some storybook Bibles or, or in, you know, maybe something like that where you say, um, you know, we're not worshiping this image. So I'll say that, but I, I've just never felt compelled to watch the show. Yeah, and I think that's my reason, too. I haven't felt compelled. I, I haven't really taken it all that serious. Like, um, I, you know... 
I don't know. I, I It just hasn't been on my radar, you know, to be honest. Some people have mentioned it and said you should watch this. And uh, part of me is like, I'm, I'm afraid I'll be disappointed or something. I'll, I'm afraid that they're going to really mess it up, you, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, I don't want to watch it because I don't want to see that, you know? The other thing is, man, I, I've got, I've, I've, I've been reading the Bible. I've been reading the, the gospel accounts and this is where I primarily want to get my understanding and even the picture in my yes. mind of what yeah. happened. Uh, is, is, is and I know with any sort of dramatization, you you have to add things, yeah. you know, and 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 I, and and those are fallible people adding what they think is good and right, and so it just sets it up for the potential, I guess. And I guess I have nothing, Ben. I have nothing critical to say about the chosen because I haven't seen it, um, yeah. and you know, I so yeah, I have no opinion. Here would be my exhortation: you have to watch it discerningly. Uh, through the eyes of Scripture. Scripture is infallible. Scripture is inerrant. So when we read the gospel accounts, like the 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 one that I saw of the feeding of the 5,000, was it well done? Yes, it was very well done. Uh, no question about that. Did it, uh, did it align with the general narrative of Scripture? Yes, it did. Good. But were there things that were imagined? Of course, because it's showing us people's reactions. It's showing us, you know, Jesus' disposition. Like during all of this, Jesus is smiling, and you know, we don't know if he did that. Yeah. You know, we don't know how we don't know how it went down. Yeah. Um, so you have to understand it in light of that, and uh, just just watch it with discerning eyes. Be sure. fully convinced in your own heart. If it's offending your conscience in some way, or if you feel like eh, I shouldn't watch this, then, then don't watch it. Right. You know. There you go. Uh, so we don't have a. An opinion, except some broad pastoral, you know, encouragements. Yeah. <clears throat> the next question. Um, this is a this is a pretty deep one right here. I'm looking forward to answering this. One. I saw that already. Yeah, Brian Bennett asked me last night, and, it, and this he didn't submit this question, uh, but I I told him I was going to bring it up on the program. Good. Uh, did I ever get a C in seminary? Yeah. So. Um, I never got a C in seminary. I got mostly A's. I got a couple of B's. I almost made a C in strategic planning, which mm. I, just, I didn't particularly like the class, I guess, and so I didn't. But I got a C in homiletics in Bible college. Really? Yes, which is preaching, for those of you who know. I got a C in preaching, and now I'm I'm, I'm supposed to be a preaching pastor. I got a C, yeah. I did. Yes. And uh, on the review, you got a, the, 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 the review from the teacher, you know, uh, uh, we did a... We did all the coursework and whatever, and it was actually the preaching that I got graded off on the most. And uh, I remember the words to this day. So, like uh, he said, I felt like I was in an airplane flying at 30,000 feet, and then we just crashed. (laughs) Great encouragement, brother. Thank you. Well, uh, let me say, um, whatever that was many, many years ago, uh, the Lord has definitely grown you. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. So we don't feel like we're I, crashing every Right, second. no. Um, yeah, I got a C in History of Philosophy and Christian Thought Ooh. with Dr. Payne. Oh, man. Yeah. I love his name. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a very... I wish my name was Dr. Payne. <laughs> it's a very aptly given name, very providential that his yeah. name was Dr. Payne. You know, and it, it was interesting, that was my very first semester in seminary, and in another class called Intro to Ministry with a professor named Dr. Alan Curry, I, I really appreciate this advice because his whole focus was, we were talking about keeping, you know, staying focused on your own spiritual growth and nourishment in seminary. And what he said by this, and he gave this advice, he's like, don't be afraid to get a C in seminary. Hmm. 
And, and the reason he said that was, was not so that we would be lazy, but he said, you have, you have got to stay in God's Word, you have got to stay devoted to prayer, you've got to stay disciplined, and you might encounter a situation in one of your classes where you are challenged beyond your comfort zone to such a degree that in order to get that B or that A, it is going to be sacrificing other important things in your life. Oh. And, and, and so what he was saying was, he's like, there, there's a time to get a C. Hmm. Uh, and I, was, I found that very comforting, and I, I strived my hardest in that history, philosophy, and Christian thought class. And I got a C, and I was happy with that C. Hmm. And to this day, no one has asked me in any ministry I've ever done or applied for or been part of what my, what my transcript was from seminary. Brian Bennett asked you Brian, last night yeah. if you made a C in seminary. <laughs> he did, and, and now, now you all know. <laughs> so, uh, brothers and sisters, you, one of your pastors here at Faith made a C in seminary with Dr. Payne. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, love it. Well, uh, it's been a good episode today. Yeah, I hope, it, I, hope it, I hope it's helpful. Yeah, I hope it's been edifying. I know people have been listening. I know people, you know, uh, have been following the episodes. If you have a question about anything, you can go to faithsf.com slash soundinfaith or download the Faith Baptist Fellowship app, Faith FBF Connect. Uh, there's a tab on there for the podcast. You can submit your questions through that. And uh, we also have some swag. I'll, I'll just mention this briefly on the way out. If you're watching, I'm not wearing my hoodie today. But I was we have so our... disappointed. Like, I, I came in uniform. It was dirty. It had, it had like, coffee on it, oh. so it's got to be washed. But I have my hat on. We've got some faith, ba- uh, some um, sound and faith swag that you can get. So, uh, any final words, Mike? You want to offer? No, no, just God bless. All right, brothers, stay, brothers and sisters, stay sound in faith, adorn the gospel, and Lord willing, we will see you Sunday.